So with that, sisters and brothers, let me read this one more time, this 91st Psalm. The psalmist proclaims, You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. And he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks in darkness or the destruction that wastes at noonday. And a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the most high your dwelling place. No evil shall before you, no scours come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all ways. On their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And you will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. And when they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, we pray on this sunny, warm Sunday morning. As we gather to um, reflect upon your love and your protection, I pray that you would be with us. And I pray, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts will be acceptable In your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen and amen. So there are times in our lives when uh, Scripture kind of jumps off of the pages and right into our lives. It may not happen all the time, but when it happens, we oftentimes remember it pretty clearly. And I was thinking about that as I was watching uh, Josh's video. I looked at it earlier this Uh, this week, um, just to make sure he didn't, you never know about Josh, so you want to make sure that he says things that are right. And so, and and, and I was thinking about it as he talked about and described his brother. And and, and I thought how vividly alive the 91st Psalm must have been for him. As he sat there and he was in Afghanistan and you never know what could have happened at any moment. He he must have been thinking through those words, oh Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress in whom I trust as he was going out there on those dangerous missions, to be able to think through those very words that thousands may fall on my my side and 10,000 on my right hand, just to think through how alive those words must have been, how how they were with his wallet, in his pocket, and in his heart, perhaps probably memorizing them by the time he was done and maybe even mouthing them as he's out there on those missions. They clearly brought great peace and comfort and security 
for Josh's brother and for Josh as he was in Indonesia. And it's a, it's a powerful image just to think about how that scripture worked in his life. And the 91st Psalm is actually full of a lot of powerful images. Image after image, the Psalm gives us so that we can understand what it means that God is our protector. I mean, he says that, that the Almighty, that he will hide in the shadow of the Almighty. And the, the shadow, of course, would have been a very important thing in the time of Israel. I mean, when you're out in the desert, shadows aren't just places of comfort. They're not just places that kids find in order to make shadow puppets. They're, they're not that. They are security. They are what gives you life. If you can find a shadow, someplace to hide from the sun, you might be able to survive. And so God helps them to survive. And then it goes on, of course, and it, it says that, that, that God is the shield and a buckler. Anyone know what a buckler is? A buckler. I said earlier, it's not the buckler bulldogs, but nobody really got that. So the buckler, it's like a smaller shield. Maybe you've seen them. I, I remember them from when I was a kid, seeing pictures of like Old Testament stories. And it's a smaller shield that you have a few straps and just kind of wherever your arm goes, the, the shield goes. And there's a, a clear sign that wherever it is, that you go, that God is there. It also says that, that, that we can kind of hide underneath the, the opinion of God, which is, anyone know what opinion is? Right, it's a, it's, it's very, this is kind of a strange psalm. It's a, it's a, it's a kind of the largest bone of the wing. And so, it, and so we hide underneath that wing. And so we, we, wherever it is that we go, God is there to protect us. And of course, not just wherever, but whenever. Did you, did you notice how it is the psalmist describes this? The psalmist says that he won't fear the terror at night, the arrows by day, the pestilence in the darkness, or the destruction at noon day. Night or day. God's protection, God's presence is there. But then not just even wherever or whenever, but, but even in our body, the psalmist proclaims that our feet will not strike against the stone, that they will not step on the, the lion or the, the adder, that, that God will protect all of our bodies. It's a, it's a fantastic uh, a psalm that for generation after generation after generation has brought comfort and security and peace. And for anyone who was going through a difficult time, it is a psalm that has oftentimes brought hope. But I have to be honest with you, as I was thinking about this particular psalm for this day, I did not want to preach on it. In fact, earlier this week on Tuesday, I said to my wife Tuesday evening after kind of looking through the psalm a little bit more, I said, you know, I said that to her. I, I would really rather not preach this. And on, on Wednesday, as we, as we had our worship team meeting, I, I told the, the team I'd really rather not preach on this. I, I kept looking at Scott as I said it, hoping that he would raise his hand and say, I'll do it. But he didn't. And the reason, quite honestly, why, why I struggle with this is because I, I've struggled in the past with this particular psalm just personally. And, and, and that always, of course, makes it more difficult to be able to preach on something that you struggle with in your own life. And the reason why I've struggled with this is because of my own experiences in the past. My own experiences of, of difficulties where I've wondered where in the world God is. I mentioned at the nine o'clock service several weeks ago now that I, 
that I, um, I you know, I have, um, I've, I've struggled with, or my parents, um, when I was 10, got divorced. And, and, and up to that point, everything in my life had been going pretty swimmingly. I, I lived kind of a Psalm 91 life. I felt like I was always in the shadow and under the wing, and everything was, was phenomenal in my world, and it was perfect. And I can even remember uh, when I was 10 years old and, and driving in the car uh, after worship one Sunday morning in Seattle and, and saying to my parents, I don't know why I asked them this, but, but hey, are, are you guys always going to be together. I mean, everything seemed great. They never argued. And they said, well, of course we will. And then it wasn't all that long later until my father was sitting with me at an international house of pancakes saying, no, we won't. And I can remember from that time on remembering and thinking through. And whenever I would hear this Psalm, there was always a question in my heart. I was following God, even as a 10 year old, where was he? Where was his protection? Where was the shadow that I needed? And honestly, I have found this to come true even more now that I'm a parent. You see, being a parent, as you all know, is a, uh, as some of you know at least, is kind of an interesting thing. You know, when you're a kid, you think you have parenting figured out. I mean, you're pretty sure that when you're a kid, you say, you know what, I know exactly what kind of parent I'm going to be. I'm going to be a great parent. And really, what you're thinking is, I'm going to do everything the exact opposite of how my parents have done them. And so you have all of these kind of novel ideas and everything looks perfect, right? And then you, you kind of continue and you get, you get older. And before you know it, if you have children, this has happened to me several times, uh, you'll sit there and you are perhaps correcting your child. And, I, and right after I'll correct my child, I'll, I'll turn around because I'll think for sure my dad is there. And, and I realize it's just my own voice. And then I'm, I'm doing almost the exact same thing. And, and it's also kind of one of the questions that we have as parents, as all those who follow Christ do, is how do we pass on our faith? And so, and so we sit there, and, and so we have to wrestle with that. And Shaughnessy, our five-year-old, is always asking pretty remarkable questions. In fact, oftentimes questions, I don't have the foggiest idea what the answer is. And so I, I will sometimes, if Megan and I are in there, I will just kind of slink away and let her answer those questions. And it works out quite well. And but one of the things that she has continually asked of late, or not even asked, but just stated, whenever she's scared, whether it is of the dark or this past week of the lightning or the fact that now she lives upstairs and they're kind of steep stairs that she has to go down, she will say to me, well, I don't have to be afraid because, because I prayed to God and God will never let anything bad happen to me. And it is everything I can do to not recoil. It is everything I can do to not at that point say, well, sweetheart, this doesn't absolutely mean nothing bad will happen. Or, or bad things can even happen to good people who follow God sometimes. It's everything I can do to not say something. And of course, the reason for that, as I've already said, is because of the fact that I have experienced, just as you have experienced times more than likely where you think you have followed God and yet for some reason you don't know where his refuge is. You can't find that fortress. And if we're being honest, that is a struggle. 
And so as I thought about this 91st Psalm early on this week, I knew that there were two things at first that I certainly wanted to say. The, the first is that we, we have to understand this Psalm within the context of all of the other Psalms. Just last Sunday, I mentioned to you that in the Psalms, one of the reasons I like them is that some Psalms will be full of hope, like the 91st Psalm. And it will be full of excitement and trust in God. And then you'll get to another psalm. Sometimes it's the very next one. And in that particular psalm, the psalmist will be wondering where God has gone. And so one of the things that's important for us as we interpret this particular 91st psalm is to realize that, that the psalmist is not naive. That if we look at all of the psalms, we get a fuller picture of the fact that God is certainly with us, but that doesn't mean that life is going to be perfect. And we also, of course, see it when we look at the psalm within all of Scripture, John Calvin said that if you're ever going to interpret scripture, you should try to allow other scripture to interpret that scripture. And there is one place in the New Testament where we see the 91st Psalm. Can, can anyone here tell me where that is? Don't, don't worry, the nine o'clock couldn't do it either. So, and Scott was even here at nine o'clock. Oh, oh, we have some, okay. Luke, the temptation. Are you, are you cheating over there? Okay, good. Well, you guys, I, I've always said that the 1030 is much smarter than the nine o'clock. Amen? Well, some of you go to nine. Sorry. So, yeah, at the, at the temptation of Luke, Satan takes Jesus up to the top of the temple. And who is it that uses Psalm 91? It's Satan. And Satan says, go ahead, jump off. Because doesn't it say, and he's alluding to the 91st Psalm, that there will be no harm, that your foot will not strike the rock. And Jesus then uses scripture to say, no, you, we're not supposed to put God to the test. And one of the things we see in this little dialogue here is the reality that Jesus understands that, 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 that this does not mean, this 91st Psalm does not mean that we just go out there and do whatever we want because we're always going to be protected, that everything's going to be great. And in fact, if you think about it, Jesus by his very life reveals to, reveals to us the fact that not everything is going to be perfect. Here is someone who is in perfect communion, who is God, and yet clearly undergoes persecution and death. And so the 91st Psalm is not simply saying that you will have no trouble, but it is certainly, as we discussed last week, saying that no matter what trouble you might be going through, that God will be with you. Now, we could end the sermon right there, and I thought, you know what, we could end it, and that would be somewhat accurate, and that would be fine. I mean, we'd, we'd get out of here about 10 minutes early, so I'd have to kind of, you know, make up a couple stories or something to fill the gap. As I continued to reflect on this passage, I realized that I wasn't satisfied with simply saying that this is just saying that God is with you. I think that in the spirit of the psalm, it's really beseeching us to more than just that. In fact, what the 91st Psalm is doing is asking us many questions. One of them being, as you enter into each day, are you hopeful? Are like a childlike Do you believe with courage what the 91st Psalm is saying? 
Do you believe boldly that God really is there to protect you and care for you or love you? Or do you allow your own past experiences of when you have questioned where God is to keep you from trusting like the 91st Psalm tells us to? What got me thinking about this was that very conversation and those kinds of conversations I've had with Shaughnessy. Remember, uh, again, several weeks ago at, the, at this service, I think it was, we were uh, dedicating the third grade, uh, the Bibles for the third graders. And one of the things we talked about was that the children have something to teach us. And, 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 and I said that not just because it's cute to have them teach us and not just because it's intergenerational and that's the right thing to do, but why? Because Jesus tells us that that's the case. Jesus says that who is it that's going to enter into the kingdom? You must become like whom? Like children. You must have faith like a child. And so one of the questions that I have to ask when it comes to Shaughnessy and Adelie and Winnie is not just, What do I have to teach them about the faith? But what do they have to teach me? And when I hear Shaughnessy saying, all I have to do, and when I see how easily she trusts in God, it forces me to ask myself whether or not I am trusting God that easily as well. Or whether or not, every time I begin to try to trust in God, I don't think about some other past experience and kind of back away. Whether or not when it comes to faith and trusting in God, I don't have all those previous experiences where I fear that I have been abandoned. And so I barely touch the waters of faith at all. And one of the things that I have discovered is that if you don't jump all the way in, then you will not nearly as much discover the truth of what God says than if you just kind of stay back on the sidelines because you're too afraid that you're going to be hurt or that God is not going to be there with you. We're too busy, it seems to me, instead of, I'm so concerned oftentimes, as perhaps many of us are, with trying to protect our children that I forget to ask whether or not I am not trying to protect myself too much. Rather than engaging in the risk that it is to have complete faith in God. And so one of the questions I feel like the 91st Psalm is evoking for us is this. Is there something that has happened to us in the past, some experience that keeps us from this childlike, 91st Psalm-like faith? I don't know what that could be. It could be something that happened in your childhood. Perhaps there was a time as you think back that you remember that you feel like God should have been there for you, that God should have been there to protect you as your fortress. And because of that, you find it difficult now to trust like the psalmist says. Is it a time when you were older in life and you lost a job and you wondered where God was when you thought you should have been under the shadow of the Almighty? You had been following God and yet for some reason, your job is gone and you wondered where is that shadow now? Is it when you lost a loved one or perhaps your own sickness or disease that is afflicting you and you wonder if it's really true that God is my shield and my buckler, then where is God now? 
There are a veritable amount of reasonings behind and experiences that each of us have had that keep us from fully trusting in God. And rather than just having you think about this, it seems to me there's power in actually taking a little bit of time, just a couple of minutes here. Hopefully you got a, a little white piece of paper. And, and I want to encourage you here in just the next couple of minutes to write down whatever that experience is. If you don't have an experience like that, don't make it up. It's okay if you want to write down the blessing it is that you have childlike Psalm 91-like faith, then write that down by all means. But if not, I would encourage you to take this time to write down perhaps that place or experience in the past or even in the present that is causing you difficulty in really trusting God like a child. On Friday afternoon, I, uh, I went home and I asked Shaughnessy, uh, our five-year-old, if she would write the word trust for me. And so she didn't spell it out. She's, I mean, she's brilliant. Don't get me wrong. But, but we told her how to spell it. And so that's what she did. And, 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 and so she, she spelled it out. This is really her penmanship. I, I didn't write it with my left hand or something. This is really hers. And I, I thought to myself that, that maybe this would be a good reminder to us a good reminder to us of what childlike 91st Psalm-like faith is. And so as you leave this place, you have a couple of different options this morning. One is to go out and to, to take your own piece of paper that you've written on and, and there'll be baskets about by the doors. And if you want kind of as a sign of saying you're, you're trying to give up holding back and if you want to put that down, you can certainly do that. And then one of the ushers will, will hand you this, um, this piece of paper with the word trust on it. If you feel like that, quite honestly, you know, and, and, and we want you to be honest that you're not quite ready to give up that experience yet, then I'd encourage you to still take this and to put it next to it and to ask God to, to be in your life and to, 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 to come in and to, to, to help you, to help you to give up that experience and to help you to trust more. It isn't easy. The reality is it's much easier to spell trust than it is to actually follow it. The reality is that God is with us and that if we want to experience this journey with Christ, the greatest way for us to be able to do that is to 
to believe and to genuinely believe that God is a wing under which we can hide. That God is a shadow under which we can get away from the sun. That God is our shield and our buckler. So I would encourage you to take this word and to go with it. Have it go with you. Put it someplace where you can look at it all week. And ask yourself, do you have this childlike faith? Do you have the ability to trust as the psalmist calls us to? Amen.